You were born with individual strengths and a unique purpose. Don't let fears, false beliefs, or life's happenings diminish your influence. It's time to live and lead for impact. Host Kirsten Ross, expert of transformation, will help you defeat the drama and overcome the trauma that can stop you in your tracks. You'll gain focus, find confidence, and take bold action. Unleash passionate, purposeful you. Let's go. Welcome to Live and Lead for Impact. I'm Kirsten Rosbogle, your host, and this is episode 261. I have two guests today, which is really fun um, and gives my podcast editor a little extra challenge, which is fun. Uh, but anyway, I'm really excited about the work that they do because I think that it is so important. Um, Dr. Amy Beacom and Sue Campbell, they have started the Center for Parental Leave leadership. So Dr. Amy Beacom is the founder and CEO of the Center for Parental Leave Leadership, the first full service consultancy in the U.S. to focus exclusively on parental leave. She conceived of and began developing the field of parental leave coaching and consulting in 2006. Drawing on over 25 years in executive leadership development and coaching, Amy consults with Fortune 100 companies, international organizations, working parents, and more to transform the way our companies and our country engaged with parental leave transition. And Sue Campbell is a writer, author, and coach who has worked with the Center for Parental Leave Leadership since its early days, helping to communicate the transformative impact of their core mission. Her writing, often focused on issues important to parents, has been published in many outlets, including Prevention, Good Housekeeping, Scary Mommy, and Mama Load. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank so you so much for having us. And thanks for the work that you're doing. And uh, again, so important because, you know, let's just face it. Like <laughs> parents need time with their kids. Kids need time with their parents. And, uh, you know, we want to have some balance. So tell me about um, your work and the specific impact that you're working to make in the world. Sue, you want to start? Sure. So the Center for Parental Leave Leadership was basically started because of Amy's experience after having her first child. Um, so I'll let her speak to that in a moment. But we're really focused on a systemic change, right? This is not about... Um, parents needing to be more productive or manage their time better. We really have a systemic issue in this country, which I think the pandemic has really laid bare if there was any doubt at all. Um, and we think that there are absolutely ways, in fact, we have evidence-based ways to improve the situation. And that's what Amy's work has focused on. And that's what we've been doing in the Center for Parental Leave Leadership. And then we wrote the book, uh, the Parental Leave Playbook, to help get this information into the hands of parents, because we can't work with every company and every parent. So it was, this was our way to get information that's much, much needed into the hands of everyone, not just parents, but you, know, you can hand that book to your manager. So you're both on the same page and speaking the same language. Awesome. Uh, now, Amy, do you want to share your, your experience, oh. kind of what motivated uh, you guys to work on this impact? Sure, sure. So um, I was working since the early nineties in executive development and coaching and leadership. And I focused my attention because it was where my interest lied on women's leadership. And what I found way back then as a early college grad was all of the people that I talked to, all of the women I talked to who were in higher up positions had had to make 
sacrifices along the way. And the ones who didn't talked about the ways that their organizations had come in to support them. And so what I saw very early on, way before I had my own children, was that if there were not systemic solutions within a company to support women getting through this really complex timeframe in their, in their personal life, in their professional life, um, they really hit a lot of roadblocks that would derail their career and force them out of the workforce for whatever length of time. Um, So what I was seeing were things like job sharing, flexibility, but nobody was really talking about the underlying issue. They were talking about what to do to fix the problems. And so um, that really hadn't gelled in my mind (laughs) until I went back, I was getting my doctorate in organizational psychology at Columbia, New York, where I also had my children and was working as a consultant and then had my first child. And I just, I feel, how should I put this? I, for the first time I was living what I had studied and it was really shocking and mind boggling to me that what I thought I knew so much about what I've been teaching people about I really knew nothing about until this this experience of becoming a parent. Um, So I shifted the focus of my coaching work and my executive education work to create a field that focused on this parental leave timeframe, not because it's the only timeframe that's important, but because I believe it is the one timeframe where harnessing really targeted support and tools and resources can have a career lasting impact in all the different areas of one's career, as well as within one's home life. So, and, you know, full disclosure, we were kind of chatting about this just before we started. I was one of the people that was talking and trying to help people (laughs) have good job share partnerships. I had written articles about that. I had a job share partner match and also a way to help women find true professional, flexible work, because also around that same time, um, I was a mom, you know, since the late nineties. Uh, so had personally experienced it coming out of the world of human resources myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, sounds like your initial thoughts were like, Oh, let me like change the whole like view of this, which man, that seems so daunting to me. So I was just looking for <laughs> strategies, like here, here's some ways that you could have some better balance. <laughs> and by the way, not getting taken advantage of by people who want to take your money and then give you bogus uh, job opportunities, like envelope stuffing, stuffing, etc. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, and as I shared, I really felt like I was ahead of my time. And ultimately, I mean, you're really making me look back on my work then. Mm. It really was about women advocating for themselves and giving them options versus that higher level of let's change society's view about this or even organizations. And so, yeah, so I'm, I, uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> I again, but love Ki- the work and the focus. Yeah. But Kirsten, we couldn't be doing this without that. Like, right. That I, I think of it as this, um, <laughs> you know, this pathway and this journey our country's been on. And first we had to fight for it. And now we're at this wonderful moment where people are realizing this is not mom's problem to fix, right? This is not dad's problem to fix. This is all of our problem to fix. And 
hopefully that will help us get somewhere with it. Um, well, but- and I think they're, you know, now so many people working from home, I think they're going to see like, oh, wow, work can be productive when people aren't like in a big giant office exactly. and maybe we can save dollars by not yeah. renting and, or owning all this space. And, and wow, there might be benefits to uh, maintaining these great employees that we have by providing them the opportunity to have some balance. Like now mm-hmm. they've kind of had to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for survival, basically, over these Ex- last couple of years. Exactly. And I just want to emphasize, you were ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah. Putting together a job share partner match back then, what I was doing, um, I, I wish we'd met back then. I know, what that's what I'm done, thinking too. Right? Like, <laughs> at the time, I was taking executives from the East Coast, this was in the mid to late 90s, who would come out to California, and I would drive them down from San Francisco down, down the coast and go first, we would stop at Levi's, which (laughs) had the first senior women job share in in a large organization. And I would say, this is a job share. (laughs) This is how this is done. And they would ask all their questions. And then we would go to Patagonia and I'd say, okay, and this is flexibility. And this is what alternate time arrangements work like, you know, all of these different things. And if I'd known that you had a job share partner match online, you know, that people are just beginning to create those kinds of services. Um, Over the last couple of years, there's, there's, funding for those kind of things. You could have been one of the early tech, tech founders, the fam tech founders. They're probably not using an access database behind the scenes anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. So, so tell me, so I get like, so you had this experience of, um, when you became a mother of like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Mm -hmm. Um, and it was part of it too. Just, I mean, I look back and like, I, I did get to advocate for myself and I ultimately went part-time for quite a period. And part of that was, uh, after my, after the birth of my first son. And part of that was working from home. So I kind of got a blend of, of both of those way back when, but, um, but many didn't have that opportunity. And so, so yeah, let's dive in a little bit more about, um, you know, what else motivated you? Um, I think you're asking me, this is Amy. Yeah. Either, either (laughs) one of you (laughs) motivated to do the work or right. Yeah. Like motivated you to work on the impact. And then like, at what level, like, so when I talk about advocacy, I always think of like individual Mm -hmm. advocacy, Mm -hmm. um, like company-wide or organization-wide advocacy, which probably through your book, then those reading the book can advocate likely with their own company. And then there's, you know, like societal advocacy. Mm -hmm. And so what is your vision ultimately? And what is the unique impact fully um complete transformation of the way that we interact around this important time frame in our country completely so and on the advocacy level as as we were just talking about we've been working on that individual level advocacy for decades now the moms have been what has what is newer is the dads coming into that advocacy and the non-parents coming into that advocacy and the the organizations coming into that advocacy from HR reps or managers seeing that this is really done poorly and working to improve it within their organizations. On the country level, I mean, obviously we could talk about this forever, but we're seeing the impact of this being done wrong right now. Everyone got to experience it over at on some level over the last two years. And so um, it's, it, I, 
nothing less than total change <laughs> will do. Um, but who knows? I'm I'm a I'm a big dreamer. I'm a visionary big dreamer. And one of the things when Amy first introduced her work to me, um, and we started talking about it, that really caught my attention because it felt so true with my experience, was she was emphasizing, look, this is a huge missed opportunity by us trying to, you know, keep our private lives private and not talk about it at work because we think we'll be penalized. Companies are missing out on an enormous opportunity to tap the human development that comes with becoming a parent. They're missing it. They're totally missing out on it right? When you support parents well, and they bring their best back into work and can take all of the lessons that they've just learned from becoming parents and bring it back into the workplace and really be excited to be there because they were so well supported, the absolute magic can happen in the workplace. And we've been missing this for generation upon generation. And it's, it's absolutely a pity. And Amy actually likes to say, uh, this is going to be bigger than weed. <laughs> right? <laughs> This has the potential to have like this far reaching societal and economic impact. If we start doing this right, if we really rethink it and disrupt what our culture has been doing, um, you're just going to be absolutely floored by what's possible. So tell me a little bit about some of the, um, the motivations or what you're sharing to help shift the perspective. Again, a lot of the organizations, you know, CEOs, leaders have kind of been pushed in that direction over the last couple of years. But what are the, some of the things, the ways that you help them shift perspective and see, you know, why this has to be done? Mm-hmm. The kind of what's in it for what's, them? What's in it? <laughs> well, thank goodness. It, when we first started, um, there was a lot of case making and ROI discussions that had to happen. Now most people get it and they're bringing us in to improve what they either have or they've realized there's a big gap and they've completely missed this and are bringing it in. So we don't have to do a lot of the the basics, which are about retention, attraction, brand management, culture, future, you know, of work kind of succession, succession planning, team train, team skill building and up leveling, you know, those, um, those are some of the the basic ones, but there's also deepening a sense of mattering within your organization. When you feel seen through these times and supported through these times of transition in your life. And I focus on parental leave because it's the most common and deepest identity shift that happens for the largest number of people within our work world, but it's a hundred percent, a thousand percent transferable to any transition to, to Sue's point around succession planning. You do a succession planning is a transition, right? We have recognized other transitions within the workplace, but this one um, is still not fully understood or, or seen as a basic normal part of our work lives. So we usually go in um, on, on a policy question. That's that's usually the entry. And we talk about what's your culture. You know, we do an audit, an assessment, um, a needs assessment. And where, where do you want to be? What are you trying to accomplish? Where have you been? And because my background's in organizational psychology, we really work with that organization to create the policy that reflects them and what they're trying to do, as well as meets the needs of what we know is expected from our changing workforce, right? There's not a lot of tolerance anymore for companies that don't get this. And if you want your company to succeed into the future, you need to. So we we usually come in around policy, 
fix policies, expand policies. And there's some basic policy pieces just for your listeners. You want them to be gender neutral. You want them to be equal, 100% pay um, for a minimum of 12 weeks. Um, and, and just speaking a little bit, I want to add a little bit on to like making the case for why this is good um, up from the organizational level, which Amy just discussed on a societal level, right? The benefits of giving people paid leave and supporting that leave well and not punishing people for taking it is you get much healthier kids, right? You get healthier moms, healthier birthing parents, fewer perinatal um, mood disorders. You get healthier dads. Uh, you get, you know, that closer to that elusive, we don't even like to use this term, but work-life balance. Um, and finally, we can actually close. Yeah, the relationship. <laughs> less we divorce, can... less medication taking. You know, right. And so much closer to gender equity. This was something I really didn't appreciate when I started working with Amy. I'm like, look, why do we have to have parentally for everyone? Can we just take care of the poor moms first? Right. That was my attitude at first. And as Amy educated me, and as I saw this in action, when we enable men to be equal caregivers at home, women will stop being subtly penalized at work for them. Like, oh, she might have a kid. She might end up being out for a time. She might end up leaving when it's just as likely that a man counterpart will do that or that a non-binary person will do that then we have we start getting much closer to true gender equity in the workplace that's great yeah um i i so many thoughts are swirling through my head <laughs> while you're speaking so uh uh, so yes, I, I don't even know. Yeah, I can't even, um, there I'm just so aligned with and excited about the work that you're doing that. Um, and I also am feeling like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I wish, uh, feeling a little small for, for what I did way back when, but, no, um, it but was great for, <laughs> you can't but I love that. <laughs> That, no, I love, but I love, um, yeah, the work that you're doing and, and working together. So when you think about the wonderful work that you've been doing and the impact that you've been making, I think it's always so inspirational to ask you about one particular instance that really comes to mind that fuels your own passion. You know, the, the thing that comes to mind is like, this is mm -hmm. why we do what we do. Um, and you know, that also moves you through any of those tough times. It gives you that fuel of tenacity. Uh, so what is, describe, share a story of one particular uh, really exciting outcome that you helped create. I love that question. Um, Sue, do you, I have, I, I'm happy to take it first, but do you have something that comes to mind? You want to go? I, why don't you tell a personal story first? I was thinking okay. of um, uh, the, the client whose boss helped her. Leave oh her. yeah. That's such a good one. Um, and uh, then I'll do a company example of one that we worked with, which I just inspires me. Go ahead. Okay. I think for me, I, the one I'm going to be, because it is such a personal question, like what drives my work and what is the, the instant that comes to mind and gives me a feeling of tenacity, like, and to keep going because every day I wake up and think, oh God, am I going to get out of bed today? <laughs> today <laughs> more, we're in the middle of a pandemic. My kids are out of quarantine, you know, all of these different things. And um, for me, I, one of the the core place that this came from was when I had my son and I had a perinatal, I, I had postpartum depression that veered into postpartum psychosis. And I didn't know if I would survive that. And I didn't, this was 15 years ago. People didn't talk about it the way that they're starting to now 
It, I was worried if I mentioned it to anyone, they would take my child away. There was no one there to really understand or support what I was going through, except for a wonderful organization called um, that was it was called something else at the time, but now is Postpartum Support International, and they have become one of our partner organizations. And I I adore them and I adore their work, and they helped having that one place and that one person who was checking in on me made all the difference. And so one of the things that I have done in our coaching um, program is I've made it so that all of our coaches are trained in, they're trained in perinatal mood and anxiety disorders and how to recognize those and screen for them. And so I created the first perinatal mental health screen to be used in a workplace setting. And so we do that with all of our customer clients um, monthly, mom, dad, whatever (laughs) your identity is, you're going to be working with your coach and they're going to be tracking that for you and making sure you get the resources And so what that does, I've had countless parents tell, just, I see the difference it makes when somebody's watching that for you, for when somebody's saying, nope, that's totally just, that's, you're in the baby blues right now. It's normal. This is a, this is something that everyone experiences or, Hey, let's keep an eye on this one. I'm going to be here watching it with you. Like that, that just takes away that nagging self-doubt and that inner voice that's questioning if you're really capable or if you're the only one, you must be crazy. How could you ever think that you might be able to go back to work or be a parent? Um, and so I think for me, that's the thing that keeps me going. It's not the societal pieces that I thought it would be. It's the individual level shifts that really change a person's life. And from that perspective too, so important because yeah, you, you can, uh, if you're experiencing those kinds of things, what do you, you don't, if you're a new mom or a dad, you know, you're, you, um, you don't know what's normal. And sometimes just feeling like, oh, okay. A lot of people go through this helps you. Like now you don't have that feeling and the sense of dread and uncertainty about the feeling mm-hmm, exactly. and that someone's locking arms with you and helping you like what an, I'm, I'm like, what a great way to lean, you know, lean into another person who's now eligible and who can watch if you hit that tipping point. And again, I'm sure then they also can help you access resources immediately. And you're not trying to do the searching out um, at the time when you realize that you need some, some additional help. And I think that the difference there that maybe people aren't reeling the realizing the significance of is those aren't things that previously have been discussed in a work coaching session right? Like that's not what you bring into it. That's therapy (laughs) in most people's minds. And so being able to create a field of executive coaching focused on this parental leave timeframe that also brings in pieces of consulting, coaching, uh, counseling, doulaing, lactation supporting, like all of these things. That's what our retained certified coaches do and what we um, brought into this book. So in many ways, you can use it as a guidebook that's your basic leave planning tool. It has all that, but it also has this deeper layer and larger perspective that that is not all that we need during this time frame. Right. All right. Now let's hear the, the larger organization story, not larger, uh, but like wider, yeah. we'll call it. <laughs> yeah. So there was a company um, that is a, a, an engineering firm 
uh, in Portland called PAE. And we worked with them, started working with them a number of years ago and have worked with them for a while. Um, and what I love about this company is they just took this fresh approach. They broke with a very um, traditional industry and just completely rethought the entire concept of not just parental leave, but also medical leave as well, right? So they um, worked with us, but had this sort of idea that we helped them build out. But their, their core idea was that, look, we need to support our people everyone is going to go through a period of time where they have to leave work, whether it's to welcome a child or take care of a loved one or take care of themselves when they have a medical condition. We want to make this an absolute like no brainer where they feel absolutely taken care of from a workplace perspective. So they developed what they called wellness leave and it covered all of those, you know, traditional FMLA covered events. Uh, but it was just it was completely paid. Um, it didn't matter if you'd been at the company for two weeks or two years or 20 years. Um, it was there for you. And when we were talking to, you know, we're so used to countering everybody's objections, right? <laughs> <laughs> that it was amazing when, you know, um, the their head of people was just like, no, we're not worried about how much it costs because we're paying this person a salary. Like we've budgeted for their entire salary already, right? It's not going to cost us anything to just keep paying them if they're out. Of course, you have work coverage that needs to happen and all of these things, but the culture that they have been able to create with that mindset is just absolutely beautiful and so so heart centered. And what I really love about it is, you know, some of the leadership on that company would not have been able to think this way, or you wouldn't assume that they would think this way, right? But because they really thought about it in a really fresh way from this really heart centered approach, it was a no brainer. It didn't matter if they were Democrats or Republicans, or if they were baby boomers or millennials, like they just looked at the issue and said, how do we show our people that they are supported. Well, and also that what goes with that is the assumption of that these are uh, responsible adults yes. who will <laughs> not take advantage of their employer, Exactly, uh, which that just speaks volumes because so often I feel like policies and and culture are designed around, we fear that you will take advantage of us. And so we have to like stop all the opportunities for that, which really are there people that will do that? Yes. But those are the outliers. Exactly. So we haven't come across them in yeah. this area, even though that is always the fear. And yeah. I would, to add to what Sue's saying, it was absolutely heart centered, but it was a incredibly practical. It yep. launched them into the top 10 of Oregon businesses. It's given them, a, you know, national recognition and attraction. They are, you know, they've reaped very bottom line benefits from it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially very, very competitive recruiting in the engineering field. And, you know, everybody was clamoring to work for PAE because of this really innovative policy that was nothing like what other companies were doing. Well, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, uh, such a labor shortage in engineering right mm -hmm. now. And like mm -hmm. I'm in Michigan and it's one of the pe places that people have fled. <laughs> And uh, the engineers and, um, and very atypical for the type of culture that you think of when you think exactly. of engineering companies. So, right. So I was like, yes, if this can happen awesome. here, <laughs> there's a hope for us all. And what was so inspiring is it then transferred out the ACEs are the architecture, construction and engineering um, fields. And 
they they were featured in AIA and you know, Architectural Digest, you know, all these different places, and the and really impacted the entire industry, the entire Aces industry. And it's I love seeing that. That is very inspiring. Thanks so much for sharing that. So tell me, as you launched into this uh, whole um, focus, what has been, and maybe this is initially or just along the way, what's been your biggest internal or external challenge, and how did you work to overcome it? And maybe it's a different answer for each of you. So I will leave it to you how you want to answer that. Do you want me to go, Sue? Sure. Um, My biggest impact is myself, honestly, um, in this world, (laughs) because my, my goals are so big and I am a mom. I have a middle schooler and now a high schooler this year. And I've been this, I started this company eight years ago. They were babies. They were little wee babies Um, wanting to do all of this and figuring out how best to do that in ways that were accessible to other people that could translate what I was seeing and imagining in my mind into um, work that was helpful and useful and could move this forward. That was, that's always been my biggest challenge. Also, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not motivated by money. I'm motivated by changing the world. And it's difficult to be the founder of a company when your primary motivation is not money and you want to give it all away. Um, so yeah, that that's one thing. But I think that the reason I love this book so much is that it does that. It succeeds at that goal. And it's something I can hold in my hand and say, oh, wow, this is useful. This is caring. This is practical. This has 10 touch points that people can walk through, come back and visit when they need to. It has resources and um, tools and templates, leave planning templates and reflection workbooks and all of the things that are actually needed at different points along the way. And it's done in a format after some a couple fights with my publisher that um, that I think is really engaging and and fun to look at. So and say the name of the book again while you're talking about the it. book is called the Parental Leave Playbook, and I'll read the the subtitle just for a little more context. Ten touch points to transition smoothly, strengthen your family, and continue building your career. Um, and it is. As crazy as it sounds, the one and only book for all parents to navigate parental leave from an evidence-based and heart-centered perspective um, at all. If you type it in parental leave into Amazon, you get this. There are some wonderful books that help moms become working moms or things like that, but there's this is the first, hopefully not the last, to help all parents um, and give them a, a playbook to do that. Well, great. Well, congratulations. All right. So, and I'm not, I'm sorry, which I don't know which one of you that was. That was, that Amy. was Amy. Yeah. That was Amy. <laughs> sorry, so, Sue. so Sue, yeah, this is Sue not being video. It's yeah, <laughs> more <cheesy>. challenging <laughs> for me. You know, it's the type, exactly the type of challenge that I love. Um, but it has been very challenging to figure out how to um, message this, right? How to get the language right so that people understand because Amy and I have been doing this for so long um, and we know what we know. Uh, we're constantly having to try to pull back and 
see how the rest of the country is thinking about this so that we can get them further along in their outlook and the way, you know, to show them what's possible. So it's been really tricky, especially when we started out, you know, seven or eight years ago to figure out where people were and what were the types of messages that were going to resonate so they they could even hear that they could even hear, right, (laughs) that they could even um, understand what we were trying to do, because we were you know, kind of far out in front of them in our thinking and what we knew was possible. And we actually did piloting work in Australia because the United States just wasn't ready yet for what Amy had developed. Um, So it's been that messaging challenge all along. And it's just very exciting, I think, for both of us to be at the point now where a lot of people are really getting it. And they're like, okay, we get it. We see the problem. (laughs) And we're like, here, look, we've been waiting with the answer for (laughs) seven years. Here's the solution. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, like I was sharing with you, I can't tell you the number of times. So, you know, I, I had been spending some time on clubhouse and so meeting a lot of people across the globe and, and, uh, someone's child would cry in the background or they would say, Oh, sorry. Like I'm trying to get my kids off to school and constantly I'm like, don't <laughs> even apologize. Trust me. I am celebrating right now. Yep. This is amazing. Again, like I said, the jig is up, like right. yep. <laughs> yep. the kids are around and we're doing our work. And <laughs> so, so um, tell me, uh, how do you stay motivated in moving uh, during tough times? Like physically moving? <laughs> <laughs> well, or mentally Cause, moving. Because this morning, that was my challenge. <laughs> <laughs> physically moving. <laughs> yeah, either. Because <laughs> um, this is more for the listeners, you know? Mm-hmm. So when they're working on their own personal impact, their unique impact in the world, uh, they I need think- some inspiration and some ideas. Uh, I can go first, Amy, if you okay. like. Okay. Yeah, please. Um, And when we're coaching parents, right, your self-talk is so important. We cannot change so many things that are happening in the world right now. We can't change that there's a pandemic. You know, there's very little we can do for the major social issues on a day-to-day basis. Your control, the point of control that you have is in your self-talk, how you treat yourself, how you treat your family. Um, And there is so very much power in that right? You can have this ripple effect in the way that you talk to yourself and the way that you talk to your loved ones and the way that you talk to your coworkers and your boss, right? It is all about relationships and managing your own thought process in your own mind, because that is all we have right now. So really just be gentle with yourself and loving with yourself and try to just keep putting one foot in front of the other and then laying down when you need to lay down. Um, but it, it is just all about how you treat yourself and that will reflect how you treat others as well. Yes. Focus on where you have control Mm -hmm. and self-care. Yeah. Yeah. And realistic expectation is what I hear in there too. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you can't do it all even within your own sphere either. And Mm -hmm. so if your body is needing the rest, take the rest, which can be really difficult. And don't feel like you have to wait for circumstances to change before you can have some enjoyment in your life. Right. Um, Because Mm -hmm. circumstances may not change. We've seen that over the course of two years, right? Oh, it'll be fine. Once the pandemic's over. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sue, that just brought up this time many, many years ago where my dear, one of my dearest friends from college was listening to me. We were on a walk and I was saying like, oh, I did this thing wrong. I'm so mad at myself. I did it. You know, I just going off on myself. And she just stops and looks at me and said, 
be nice to the baby. And I was, and I was so confused. I looked all around. I'm like, where's the baby? I don't see a baby. Did I hurt a baby? Oh my gosh. What have I done? And she just looks at me and like takes my hands and goes, you're the baby. Be nice to the baby. Mm -hmm. And it just transformed that self-talk. It just made something I had not even paid attention to um, become, come into my awareness. So if you need to borrow that, anyone listening, Mm -hmm. just be nice to the baby (laughs) because that will, that inner voice is, is your outer lived experience. It's how people will experience you. It's how your children will incorporate you into their inner voice. So many different things. And I struggle with it all the time, but that is the one I go back to of like, every time I can catch myself, I just come into it in the same way I would swaddle a newborn or hold a newborn or just treat them with that tenderness. That's a great visual. I always like to think of, um, you know, if a friend spoke to you the way you do, would mm-hmm. how much time would you spend with them? Mm-hmm. And we're stuck with ourselves. So right. watch right. the words that you're using. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Again, was that Amy or yeah. Sue? <laughs> Amy, Sue started it and then Amy okay. came in okay. with that baby story. All right. Yes. Okay, good. And did you have your own or that you're, we're doing a combo deal there, which is um, fine. What was my, what was the motivation? Is how do you stay motivated and moving during tough um, times? You know, interestingly, I think it does have to do with physical movement. I, if I can get myself up and outside into the, into the world, I live in a city, so it's not like there's tons of nature, but I If I take 20 minutes, if I take a half hour walking around and noticing something that's green, something that's blooming, something that's growing or flowering, especially in a, in a urban environment, um, it, it reconnects me. And so I think what's underneath that is that's a value for me. So for anyone listening, really getting clear on your values and drivers in your life, and then making sure that you're feeding those and, and embedding them into your day in a very scheduled and structured way so that they happen, which is a challenge for me always. (laughs) So don't think I'm doing this miraculously. (laughs) Anyone listening. That is great. Yes. Great words of wisdom. If it's important to you, try to put those boundaries around it and, uh, and do those things first so that you feel yourself, which, yeah, I think it's difficult for everyone. So final question, another more words of, uh, wisdom for others, but, uh, what would you share for others who are making their own impact in the world? So some words of wisdom about either getting started or if they're working through challenges, what would you share with them? I think don't be afraid to think big but act small, right? You can act in a lot of small ways with that big vision in mind of getting to that complete transformation of society, right? So for a parent who's experiencing parental leave, your little small acts of making the case of why you should be able to have flex time and how it will actually be a positive for the team, right? Any little sort of case building that you're doing in the course of carving out the parental leave that you want will serve that larger vision and transformation. So the impact happens, you know, every single day in all of the little acts that we carry out and it will get us to that culture change. Um, this is Amy. Uh, thank you, Sue. I'm, I'm going to take that one with me today. I think, I think for people to build in time to reflect and write down three things that they noticed that they did that day that they liked. 
that they were proud of or that they would want to do again. There's something in taking the time to notice the places where you are already the person you're trying to become um, is, is really powerful and usually overlooked in our, our crazy world. I also think in those times, creating time for silence or a walk or whatever your, your place is that removes your brain from being made busy by our busy world um, allows you to tap into your creativity and your purpose and your, your own unique ideas in a totally um, rare and different way. So yes, that would be it. Thank you. Well, and what I love kind of, but there's like a blend between uh, what both of you shared and I think underlying it is celebrate the small successes, because if you're only focused on, uh, you know, wow, I didn't change the world today, Mm -hmm. we can miss a lot of opportunities to feel good about our impact. And we Mm -hmm. can start feeling overwhelmed and dejected and disappointed and depressed and frustrated and all those kinds of yucky feelings. Mm -hmm. But so taking the time, and it is true that we never know what one small step will create over time. Um, there's always a ripple effect of, of some kind. And very often we don't even see it. And so, and I'm going to take that with me today (laughs) as well. So, um, so thank you so much for that. Well, I have loved chatting with you guys today and, um, and so grateful again for the work that you're doing. Um, I can't wait to see, uh, the huge impact that you'll make. I mean, you're already making such an impact, um, but get out and get their book and tell me the name of the book again. The Parental Leave Playbook. Oh, so I was hoping to do it together. Playbook. Parental Leave Playbook. By Amy and Sue. Um, and get it for people for their wedding present for their baby shower, for for their manager, you know, your manager for your HR team. Like it really, books don't make money. That's not why I'm saying that. And I think a lot of people hear about people promoting their books and um, don't really know what to make of that. They don't make money for the author. (laughs) Yes, they don't make money. That's a good point. Or the publishing company. Um, But it really, it really is a, an important book. It's important. Great. Well, so connect with them, everyone listening. Uh, I know everyone can benefit from the work that they're doing. Uh, even if you're just beginning to build a team, maybe you just take in some of the, the thought processes, even if you're, you know, you're creating your own business right now, uh, you'll mm-hmm. want to build in, you know, some of what they're, uh, they're providing in, in their playbook. And so connect it's Susie, yes, Sue, please. sorry, Sue Campbell and Amy Beacom, and you can find all of their social media links by going to today's show notes, which you can find at defeatthedrama.com. Click on the podcast tab and go to episode 261. You'll have notes from today and also all of their links so that you can get connected. Um, And if you are working hard to make your own impact right now and um, need just a little extra help with you know, leadership and communication, hiring strategies, I encourage you to head to myimpactacademy.com forward slash join. Uh, You can get two weeks free and you also get time with me every other week uh, for a live coaching and strategy session. So uh, check that out as well. So um, thanks so much, guys. Any final words? Well, thanks so much for having us. And hey, congratulations to those of you out there who are welcoming a child. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Kirsten. (laughs) Thanks. Take care.